And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yeah, well, hello. It is time for me and the Punk to have some unbelievable interviews. And we are lucky enough on this evening to have the Italian gangster, Danny Sabatello, the guy who is going against Rafian Stotts for the Bantamweight Interim Championship title and the chance to move on in the World Bantamweight Grand Prix for a chance at $1 million. Danny Sabatello, he is the man. He is the Italian gangster, and he's the guy that likes to say fuck. Let's go to Danny Sabatello now. That's right. We are lucky enough to be blessed with the presence of a guy that is on fire right now. He is the main event December 9th at the Mohegan Sun. Danny Sabatello going for $1 million to get one step closer to it. He's got to beat the interim champ and take that belt in facing Rafion Stotts. My man, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? It don't get no better than this. Come on, man. <laughs> we get to talk to you. We get to sit here and just you know shoot the shit. Because I'm being honest, you have pumped life into this Bantamweight World Grand Prix. You have you've not been in Bellator that long. You three fights in. You came in. You took on a tough guy in Brett Johns. Then you went and they basically put you into that tournament. But you have been on fire, dude. And the way you talk, it's catching everyone's. You know, everyone is noticing. Everyone's is saying, "Dude, is this guy for real?" And and the best part is, you're just being you. Well, yeah, before, absolutely. Danny, that, Danny, that's b- why- Danny. Before you get started, I want to say that John said you pumped life into the bantamweight tournament. My brother, you pumped life into Bellator. Ah. You have <laughs> done this. Nah, I fucking love it. You, no, that, it just, I gotta it take works, it that step it, further. It works great because I am just being myself. And I think once I started out, people didn't really know if I was putting on some show or some gimmick. But I think the fans have kind of become intelligent enough to realize this is truly who I am. And not only am I talking, but I'm backing it up with my performances. You know, obviously, I had a great opportunity to fight Brett Johns on short notice, who's an absolute stud. And not only did I win that fight, I went in there and I absolutely fucking dominated him. So, it only works if you go in there and win. You know, if you go in there and you fucking talk shit, it doesn't matter if you don't get the W. But I think people are starting to realize, holy shit, this kid is for real on the mic and he's for real in the cage. So it's only going to get bigger and better. I know I've only been in this fucking Bellator for about a year now. Um, just imagine how it's going to be in more time. So, look, everyone knows that you for your tenacity, your cardio, the way you wrestle. They know that you wrestled out of Purdue. They know that you- You've got the mouth on you. The F word's your favorite word. They all know that stuff. Okay. We, we get that. John's counting behind the back of you when he's interviewing how many F bombs you drop. Yeah, and, it was legendary. You know, those are things that you're going to care. The fans are just going to remember you for. But I want you to sit on the show right now and tell people, tell fans and everyone listening, like, what is it that they don't know about you? Like, where'd you, where, where were you born? Where, where'd you come from? Like, family stuff or, Whatever, college stuff. Give us some information about you that I can't read online. Yeah, mainly everything you see online and on the, under the spotlight really is just me. You know, if you go back and watch my previous fights on the regional scene, I was doing the same thing. I was getting in my opponent's heads and putting on a show for them. Even back in wrestling where it's not too much of a showbiz and you can't really talk too much trash, I was still the same guy. I was still on message boards 
talking all this shit to my opponents. I was only almost getting thrown out of tournaments when I was in high school and in college. So I'm pretty much been the same guy consistently throughout my entire career, whether it's in fighting or in wrestling. So I don't really have too much where, oh man, well, did you know Danny Sabatello, blah, blah, blah. I don't really have that. Um, you know, I'm human just like everybody else. I make so many fucking mistakes. I've probably made more mistakes than anybody else. Uh, but I'm somebody that is always going to push forward. You know, I think a lot of these guys in Bellator and just in MMA in general are afraid to talk shit because they're afraid of the backlash. I don't really give a fuck. You know, this shit obviously only works when I win. But even if I weren't to win, I would still get up and I would still talk shit. I would still show up at the gym the next day. I would shut out all the haters. I know if, for God's sake, in the second I lose, I know that I'm going to have a zillion fucking comments and losers and miserable people talking shit on my Instagram, on my Twitter. But I don't really give a fuck. So, again, I think everybody is afraid if they lose to get all that backlash. But you know what? I only give a fuck about the opinions of my family, my friends, my coaches, my teammates, and myself. Everyone else can just fuck off. Uh, you know what? You, you just mimicked everything I tell every fighter, man. If you start caring, caring about all the internet trolls and everything about what they're saying, you have lost sight on what is important. But Josh that's my, was that's, trying that's, to go that's back. That's my job, bro. That's my that's what <laughs> I all I do is surf our comments to see how much shit I can read up about how much they talk about me, how much <laughs> trash they hate on like me. A jo jo and it's crazy because usually the people that are talking shit don't know anything about no. fucking fighting. Oh, no. Fucking losers. Dude, I get I get comments and threats all the time, and I'll just entertain it for a second and I'll go to their profile and it's just some like twelve year old kid. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, Josh was trying to get some of the background. I want to get some of the background. You were a two-time state champion in Illinois from high school. That's outstanding. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Then you went to Purdue. What was it after your wrestling career at Purdue was over? What was it that that made you travel down into Florida to go to ATT to start your MMA career? Yeah, so my entire life, I always knew I was going to get into fighting. You know, my one true love was fighting, but I had to accomplish my goals and my dreams in wrestling first. You know, I really tried to steer clear of having any thoughts on fighting and just completely go full steam ahead with wrestling because it's such a fucking tough sport. You got to be all in. So I did. I won state twice in Illinois, which is a great wrestling state, probably top three in the nation. Uh, then I went and wrestled at Division One in the Big Ten at Purdue University. And even towards the end of my career, I knew I was going to, holy shit, man, I just want to put my hands on somebody and put my fucking elbow through their skull. All I'm trying to do right now is put somebody on their back that's pussy shit. So obviously, once I graduated, I knew I wanted to fucking fight. I was full steam ahead. I moved back to Chicago, but there's not any really good gyms in Chicago, no mega gyms or anything like that. Um, so I was partying a lot. Um, I was hanging out with all my friends and family. You know, that's that's everybody I know is living there. Um, and it really took the 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series to put myself in check. You know, I was living in Chicago, and I lived about a half a mile away from Wrigley Field. And me and my boys were getting fucked up every single Cubs game. And it's just really not the lifestyle of somebody that is trying to become the best fighter on the planet. So after the Cubs won the World Series, I went on about like a week bender, and I was just fucked up the entire week. Um, and I kind of just sat down with myself and realized, holy shit, man, I got to make a big change. I'm not be going to become a world champion if I keep doing this shit. So, you know, if I'm going to do something right, I'm going to do it big. I'm going to join the best gym in the world, and that's American Top Team down in South Florida. And I didn't know anybody in South Florida at the time. I didn't know anybody in the state of Florida. But uh, I, I took that big risk, and it was scary at the time, but it's worked itself out. 
I saw an interview where you had said you showed up and you just kind of snuck your way in. And then the, the GM asked like, Hey, you know, who are you? And you're like, Oh yeah, I train here. And he's like, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Me and uh, his name's Richie. Me and Richie still talk about it to this day. Dan Lambert brings it up all the time. Whenever he sees me in the gym and I'm walking by, he always says, Hey, who are you? Cause they're always joking around with me. Yeah. It is a fucking crazy story, but Dude, sometimes you got to be crazy to get what you want. You know, I know that I needed that type of training to be in South Florida. I know I needed to belong to the best gym in the world. So I kind of just did what I had to do to make it work. I don't recommend people do that. I don't think it was a smart decision looking back, but you know what? It's all panned itself out. Yeah, it seems to, it's worked for you. So that, that's all that matters in the end. But when you look at ATT, what is it that makes that place so special as far as, is it the coaches? Is it the athletes? Is it? The owner and Dan Lambert, a guy that is willing to put whatever it takes into it to make it a success. What is it that makes that place so special? He's also willing to bet hundreds of thousands of dollars on his athletes. Yes, he is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, Dan is a wild man. He is crazy in himself. That's why really it works because Dan Lambert really heads the whole thing and he understands fighters. You know, he used to compete and all that. Uh, but it really is just a mixture of everything because we got guys coming in from all over the world. You know, we don't just have guys coming in from Nebraska or Illinois or whatever. We got guys coming in for their camps from China, Russia, Dagestan, whatever it may be. Um, I think the, the good thing is, is it seems like we have a total buy-in to the system. You know, when you have that big of a group where it is worldwide, it's hard to keep a tight-knit group. But somehow we, we have accomplished that. Um, so with the buy-in with all the athletes and also the coaches being smart with everything, um, you know, obviously it does suck when ATT goes against ATT, but they always say it's a good problem to have. You know, a lot of times we got guys fighting each other for belts. So it is complicated when that happens, but obviously that's a good problem to have. Um, I don't really have a, a complete answer to say why it is so amazing. Um, but once you go down there and you get the feel for it, if you even step in foot of the gym and you watch a sparring session, you realize, holy fuck, this, these guys mean business. And everybody there is pretty much on board to try to be the best fighter in the fucking world. You know, I always say it, a lot of fighters are fucking pussies out there. A lot of fighters are not trying to be the best fighter in the world. They just want to say they're fighters. They just want to let everybody know and tell their boys and their friends that they're fighters. But everybody at American Top Team is trying to become the best fighter in the world. When you're watching them all get after it, who, who right now is somebody that maybe somebody doesn't know they should try to keep an eye on out of American top team. Dude, for a while, I've been saying Hanacho Moicano is a bad fucking guy. He obviously had a great fight his last fight, mm -hmm. um, and he was electric on the mic, which helped him out. But that guy, if you watch him in the gym, he beats the fuck out of everybody. I've seen him spar heavyweights and fuck them up. He could spar anybody on the ground, on the feet. He's very good. I know he's not really a guy that's on the regional level, and holy shit, I should look out for him. But I'm telling you, that guy can become a world fucking champion. But we got so many guys like that. You know what? When I am going across the room and I look to my left and I got Pedro Munoz and I look to my right and I got Marlon Marias, there's also these other studs on the regional scene that are going to be coming up. The good thing with the American Top Team is it's a filtration system. You know, we got fucking champions and awesome guys like Dustin Poirier and Masvidal and Joanna Jacek. But then we also have up-and-comers like myself. Who is it that you find that you are the... You're in there, and they're your main training partners most of the time. Yeah, me and Pedro Munoz, I would say he's my main guy. We go all the time. 
Uh, he's really helping me a lot out for this fight because Stas is a southpaw, and we don't really have too many southpaws my weight at the gym, but Pedro does a really good job of switching stances. Um, he's a little bit shorter than me, and so is Stas. So I've been working with him for this upcoming fight with Stas, and, and I've really worked with him throughout my entire career because you know what? I always say I'm not in a fucking training camp right now. I'm in a training camp throughout my career. I go to the best gym in the world twice a day every day, no matter what, whether I'm in fucking camp or not in camp. So not only am I training to beat Rafian Stotts, I'm training to beat fucking everybody. You know, if I learn something against an orthodox fighter right now, that may come in handy in a couple of years. Who knows? You know, I know I do have a softball on my hands, but I'm just trying to become a better mixed martial artist in general. But obviously, as we get closer to the fight, we're two weeks out. You know, it's next weekend at the Mohegan Sun. Obviously, I'm zeroing in on Rafian Stotts, but I'm just trying to become better no matter where it is. And I have a plethora of fucking fighters down at American Top Team that'll give me every single look in the book you know he's rafian's got a good uh wrestling background as well fantastic wrestling background as well um when you look at the two <laughs> there you go <laughs> when you look at the two though his style of wrestling is a lot is a lot different his style is more of like sprawl brawl make the space you know he's not trying to really get after you like your your just aggressiveness of just that kind of that boilermaker purdue style of wrestling just grind Hang on the head, get busy with them, shot, reshot, all of that stuff. That's a different style of wrestling that, that he is bringing to the MMA cage, I should say. How do you look to exploit him in that area right now, knowing that that's really like going to be your bread and butter? Yeah, he's not relentless at all. Um, you know, I'm more of a guy that's like a dog on the bone. You know, I'm just going to keep fucking coming after it. If I shoot for a shot, even if I don't get it, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be coming in about 10, 15, 20 more seconds again at it. He's not really like that. He's a very athletic guy. You know, he can get his hips back, and it's good in MMA. You don't really have wrestling shoes, so it's really slippery on your ankles. So it's obviously good in, in his uh, favor in this MMA wrestling. You know, there's a huge difference between pure wrestling and MMA wrestling. Um, in this fight, I don't really think it fucking matters. I would tech him in a wrestling match, and I'll beat the shit out of him December 9th in an actually MMA grappling match. Um but I, I don't see his wrestling on par with mine. Um, I, I Maybe I'm overlooking something. You know, I've been saying it this entire fight camp and all these interviews. I, there must be something I'm not seeing. I don't think his grappling is that good. Um, I know he had a pretty big test against Magomed, the Russian, um, in his fight two fights ago, I believe. And I don't think that Magomed guy has that good of grappling either. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be different once I get in there and get a feel for it. Then I'll be able to gauge it. But uh, when I'm sitting down with my coaches and we're reviewing film and we're going over tape, there's just not much there for me to work with and giving him a compliment on him being good. I honestly think he fucking sucks. I don't think his stand-up is good either. But, yeah, his grappling and his MMA wrestling isn't that good. He doesn't have too heavy of pressure. He doesn't suffocate with you with his hips or get you in these fucking crazy positions or, or so much weight on you. Um, he just kind of, you can tell he has a wrestling background because he utilizes it sometimes. Uh, but again, I think we're just going to see me absolutely maul him. You know, I don't want this to be just a grappling fight. I do want to show my striking in this fight because I don't think he's very good. Um, but I do want to beat the shit out of him on the ground because he did say that he's a better wrestler than me, which is absolutely fucking crazy. Well, you got to understand here, here's a guy coming. He, he wrestled it. Division two, Nebraska Kearney. He was a two-time NC2A champion. You got to give it up. He's got some accolades behind him. Yeah, I don't think so. That that's not shit to a fucking <laughs> Division one Big Ten wrestler. I honestly think I would fucking beat him if I had my eyes closed. 
if we actually did a wrestling match and I closed my eyes, I'm not saying I would tech him, but I would for sure major him. Um, I don't think that he has the accolades. He keeps talking about how he's a fucking Division Two, Division Three Juco. I don't know, even know what the fuck he is. He keeps saying that. I've never heard someone brag about being that to a Big Ten Division One wrestler. It's absolutely hilarious. But the guy's not too fucking intelligent. Um, I also don't think he fights too smart. I see him fucking winding up for shots. I want to get him so fucking pissed off. I want to have him knock my fucking head off. I know I'm already in his head. I know he wants to fucking kill me. You're going to see that in the first round. I think he's going to be swinging heavy. He's going to be throwing everything under the wing to try to get me out of there on the first. And usually that's when you make mistakes. You slip up and you get more tired. And I'm going to take that as my advantage. There's been a lot of trash talk back and forth. Is there anything that's gotten under your skin a little bit from him? Is there anything you feel like you've gotten under his skin with anything you've said? Because I know we've had you before in terms of talking to you in fighter meetings. You've said, look, I keep it about the opponent. I don't talk about your family. I don't talk about anything outside of I talk about you. Have you noticed a change in him a little bit since this has been face-to-face in a couple interviews? Yeah, I mean, I do have a couple of rules with my trash talk. You know, I don't involve family, religion, or anything like that. I don't see a need for it. Um, I don't even think it sells fights or anything like that anyways. Plus, it just wouldn't be genuine because I don't give a fuck about the guy's family or religion or anything like that. Um, But nothing's really gotten under my skin. You know, people think that he's a good trash talker, but he's not a fucking good trash talker. He is a trash talker, which makes it seem like maybe he's good because not a lot of MMA guys do talk trash. So when you come across him, you think he's good at it, but he's fucking not. He stutters all the time. And our trash talk is just so different. Mine's actually good. You know, if you look at his fucking Instagram, he has me compared to some Disney cartoon fucking bullshit person. I don't know. He's talking about Disney Channel over there comparing me to a cartoon. And I'm over here talking about putting my fucking elbow through his skull. So there's a little bit of a difference between the trash talk. I think he's silly. I think he's funny with it. I don't think he's good at it. I'm glad he is talking shit because it makes it more fun for me. But again, I don't think he's very good at it. I, I know that you are you and you're original and that's what I love about you. But is there anybody in MMA that you go, he's a good trash talker besides yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, I am aware that trash talking is good for the sport. I know that it does sell fights. It's just a bonus for me because I don't have to be anybody that I'm not and I don't have to put on this front. I could just have fun with it. You know, at the end of the day, fighting is fucking fun to me. Everything outside of it is fun to me. The interviews, the trash talking, all of it is fun with me. Um, it, it's a career that you better fucking love and, and you better love everything that has come along with it. And I really do. I enjoy every fucking thing about it. Obviously, the true love is actually getting in there in the cage and slicing somebody open. But in terms of somebody else that's trash talking, obviously, Conor McGregor and Chael Sonnen are the OGs at it. They both are just so fucking good at it. Obviously, they're really good for the sport. You can have your opinions on Conor and Chael or, or whoever else is talking trash, but Conor and Chael have really transform the sport they've made it what it is whether you like them or not you have to respect what they have done for the sport i don't want to think too far ahead but i also want, i know you've got your eye probably across the bracket you've got you know um patchy mix versus magomed magomedov when you're breaking that fight down how do you see that fight going yeah i, I think they both suck you know i think <laughs> rafian stas is not very good but he is better than both those guys so my side of the bracket is so much tougher than the other side if you look at the other side, you see two little pipsqueaks going at it, and it's going to be funny what happens December 9th. I don't really have a fucking prediction of what happens. 
Patchy is only good in one area when he gets your back and he has that little body lock position. He's really good there, but other than that, he looks like a fish out of water. When he fought James Gallagher, I thought that was the funniest fight of all time. They both look like they absolutely sucked. Um, with Magomed, I think he's a little bit tricky sometimes because he throws a lot of spinning attacks. You know, that can be very dangerous because we got small gloves on and your life can be put out like that. Um, but yeah, I don't really know how that's going to go. I think Patchy's going to actually want to take it to the ground, but Magomed might want to as well because he thinks he's a grappler. Um, I, I think it's going to be on the feet probably for the first round, and then the remainder of the fight will probably go to the ground where they're both comfortable most. Um, if I had to guess, I would say Magomed, but I'm not too confident in it. Which one are you looking if you wanted to ha if you had to fight? Either one, do you have a preference? Yeah, I mean, I don't really care. I think I could expose both of them. I think there's areas both in their game that would make me look really good going up against them. Um, so in terms of a stylistic matchup, I don't really give a shit. I think I fucking punk both of them. Um, but I know Magomed doesn't talk that much English, so we won't really have too much banter back and forth, so that's really not too much fun. I know Apache will actually fucking talk to me and talk some trash back. That can be fun. So I don't want to say I want Patchy to win so we can talk trash or I want him to win because I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I wish they both fucking lose. I, I wish they both fucking head kick each other and both knock each other out. But um, I, I guess I, I would say it would be more fun if it was Patchy. But again, I don't give a fuck. John, that brought up a, a very interesting question. In a tournament format, if both guys knock themselves out in the semifinals, what do you do for the finals? Uh, we do have an alternate, and that alternate would be put in there. But it's also what can happen is, depending upon where it is in the fight, because it's a tournament format, the judges are advised that they may be asked, if it becomes a draw or a no contest, they may be asked to say who should go forward in the tournament, and they'll give their opinion on who should be the person that moves forward. Wouldn't you just reschedule the fight? <laughs> well, so it, I think that has happened somewhere along the way, wow. but uh, we don't want to reschedule because yeah, that is odd. Yeah, that, is, that, that would be, be extremely odd. odd. There's a lot of things that can go on. Tournament-based formats, sometimes it's you know it's you got to do things a little different because think about it. If you go and you do win this fight against Rafi, and you're sitting there with the interim title, and now these guys have to go and fight again, so now they have to give them an additional couple of months, yeah, you know, to recover, yeah, get back in a training camp, yeah. and so you're sitting there doing nothing. It's not really fair to you either. No, right? I wouldn't be fighting for a while. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's also not fair for an alternate to slide up in there, right? Somebody you haven't really had your eye on. And Come just on, man! In. It happened long ago. What are we talking uh, about here? I uh, know, I know. But then Go you back but, to UFC three. Who won that? <laughs> Who won it? Some alternate. Did, uh, alternate won that? An alternate named Steve Jenham. He was a, he was a Nebraska oh. police officer. Oh, no wow. way. Yeah. That's badass. That a fucking badass. Was, I have a question, John. Maybe you, maybe you jog my memory. I know I was there, but it was Matt Mitrione and Fedor. They both had the double knockdown. Was that in the tournament? No, no. That was just a fight. New York City. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Got, I remember it was in New York. I remember that. But I was just trying to remember if that was the beginning of that tournament. or if That heavyweight tournament? No. They didn't face yeah. each other in that. Got I do it. love the fucking tournament, though. I, I I think it's a really good idea. I think all the other sports out there, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, they have the fucking playoff, and this is our playoff. You know, yeah. you have fans out there. You know, you want to have everybody get on board with MMA. You want to build the fucking sport and have casuals tag along to the sport. I think they would like this fucking Grand Prix thing because in fighting, you can kind of cherry pick who gets the mm -hmm. title shots, and you'll always have dumbass fans saying, 
Oh, did they deserve the title shot? Did they actually become the champion? Are they the best? With this Grand Prix, you have to fucking prove it. When I am the Grand Prix champion, I will be the best bantamweight on planet Earth because I went through the fucking tournament. Nobody's going to be able to say, oh, he just got a title shot randomly. Yeah. You know, So I do, I do think it is good, and I think that it mimics the other sports. Speaking of the biggest, speaking of the uh, tournament format, right now we've got the biggest tournament in the world going on, which is the World Cup. U.S. played Iran today. Did you watch a little bit of that? Did you catch any of that? I didn't, but I know USA won. Yeah, they won one nothing. Should have been two. There was an off. There was an offside that should have been should have been called back. It was like the tip of his knee was offside. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a huge soccer guy. I put it on for five minutes, but it's just if it's yeah. not violent, if someone's not putting their elbow through your face. I you just, mean you don't love the, baby? You don't love the flopping? You don't uh, love the? It drives, it drives it me to distraction. Uh, I don't get it. That's part of the sport. Yeah. I don't fucking no, get it. No, it's horrible. Eat it up. They love it. I saw a guy one it. time lay on the fucking ground for five fucking minutes. I thought he was going to die. He got up two seconds after that and was fine. Yeah, the greatest yeah. thing I ever saw in soccer is there's a player, a female player. She plays New Mexico State. They're playing Brigham Young. This girl is all over the field. She's yanking girls down. She's kicking them. She's doing kinds of dirty shit she got in trouble for it but i loved her and i would watch soccer if it was played the way she plays it but if you 100 if you watch the the women's u.s uh national team they don't flop as much as the men the men are all over the place man it's kind of embarrassing but I, i'm a big fan of soccer man i love watching it so who's your team oh i mean like i'm, I'm watching the u.s the world cup right now so i i really only watch kind of when the u.s plays and that's it the women yeah. men and women I love watching either the Olympics or the or the World Cup. I don't really get into the European leagues. It's just there's there's too much money, it's too much flopping. There there's a lot on stake, and I just can't watch it. I, and plus the time changes. I'm like I'm not yeah, I'm not yep. staying up late to watch these games. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not that committed. You know? Yeah, no way. Let's bring you back to the 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 World Grand Prix because, like we said, you have two fights in a row that I always say it's it's awesome when you have that target. You can put that target on something and you have something, it's a goal and you're working towards it and it just gives you that motivation to be the best you can be. You've got it twice here because you have Rafian Stotts who is in possession of the interim title, the only title that there is in the Bantamweight Grand Prix since Sergio Pettis is not part of the Grand Prix. So you have that. So if you get a win against him, now you will be the champion going into the finals and there's a million dollar payday at the end of that on top of what your normal, you know, contract gives you and stuff. Have you ever thought about what you're going to do if you win that million dollars? No, I, I mean, no, I, I I'm not really, <laughs> honestly, I'm not, I'm not a big money guy. Um, I, I don't think, uh, it's very intelligent if you're in my position like this to start thinking about the money because then you start getting ahead of yourself and you get motivated by different things. Right now, my motivation is to fucking beat the shit out of Rafian Stotts. You know, you keep saying he has the interim title, but to me, he actually has the title because Sergio Pettis is a little bitch. He's a pussy. He couldn't make it to the fucking tournament. So when I do beat Rafael Stas, I will be the Bellator bantamweight champion of the world. I don't care what fucking Sergio or anybody else says. So to me, it is the fucking for the title. And plus, I think people understand from a skill standpoint, me and Rafael Stas are the best guys in the division. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't really care too much for the money. Obviously, it's going to be really nice. I can think of a bunch of things to do. You know, I can party with some models in Italy on a yacht. Of course, it's going to be fucking sick. But I don't really have anything that I really want or, or something that I need with that money. Um, I'm going to have fun with it. Obviously, I'm not going to be too fucking stupid with it. I mean, I might be a little stupid with it, but... 
who cares, you know, whatever. But yeah, to me right now, a lot of people are fucking rich these days. You know, a lot of people have a million dollars. Average people have a million dollars. Fucking idiots have a million dollars. But there's only one best fucking fighter in the world, and that's what I'm chasing. So who who's going to be in your corner for this fight? Yeah, it's going to be my boy, Aaron Asset, who was my teammate back at Purdue. You know, he helps me during fight week with weight cutting. We kind of grapple a lot. Um, and he's kind of just there to have my back. I know these fucking idiots, Patchy and Magomed and Stats, are going to be around the hotel and wait for me to slip up. They're going to bring out their stupid-ass phone and try to fucking film me and be like, oh, what you got to say? Nah. So I, he's going to be there to have my back and make sure nothing goes south. You know, if somebody pulls up on me behind my back and we have to throw down, he's going to be there. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it makes it to the fucking cage December 9th, but you, you never know. So obviously he's going to be there to have my back, and I'm going to have uh, my head coach, Mike Brown, who I'm very close with. I just believe whatever he says. If he says to do something, do it. If he says go into this fight with Stotts and fight blindfolded, I would fucking do it because I have that much faith in that guy. And then it's also going to be my Muay Thai coach, Coach Anderson, and then probably my boxing coach, Gabriel. What makes, what makes for you, what makes Mike Brown so special? I've heard from Dustin. I've heard from all the other fighters out of that gym. And even uh, Mo Lawal would talk about how great he was and what, what was good for him. But what makes him special for you? Dude, he is absolutely obsessed with the sport. He is in the gym more than anybody else, more than any of the other coaches, more than any of the other fighters. He is constantly evolving, and he's always bringing up stuff on his phone where he was taking a little clip from this weekend's UFC or Bellator event or PFL or One Horizon, and he's like, look what this guy did. I think this could work, you know, whether it's against an Orthodox guy or a Southpaw. He's just an absolute mastermind. He's a genius when it comes to MMA. His technique is so solid. And he's just so smart with things. You know, obviously, he's got the experience. He's been in world title fights. He can bring that aspect. But he's also just really intelligent everywhere. You know, he's not really a boxing coach or a wrestling coach or a, a grappling coach or anything. He is a coach everywhere. He can coach you no matter what the fuck it is. Um, and plus, he's just a good guy. You know, he's kind of a guy that you want to go into battle with. He would have your your back no matter what. He's a very loyal individual. And he's a really fucking nice guy. But you know what? Who cares about if you're a nice guy or not? Can he coach you to a world title? And Mike Brown is going to do that with me. Have you ever gone back and watched any of Mike's fights when he was a fighter? Not in a while. I, when I grew up, I when I grew up, I fucking watched him all the time. You know, he was one of my favorite fighters growing up. So it's still kind of crazy when like he's in my corner and I'm listening to him. I'm kind of like fanboying him. He's saying something to me, and inside I'm like, "Holy shit, you're fucking Mike Brown!" But yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I haven't watched any of his fights recently. I'll tell you what. There was a moment when he was in the WEC. It's when he became the champ. He was so good and he was so smooth at everything. And you just looked and you said, "God damn, man!" I remember when he he, he kind of relied on wrestling for a while, and then it was just everything flowed for him. And, just a great fighter, and it, it, he's just gone on from there and become an even better coach. Everybody that I know that works with him loves him, and how can you not? He's just a great human being. So Yeah, absolutely, and not only is he coaching, you know, I just had practice with him, and it was me and him. It wasn't like me and a fucking other teammate, and he's coaching us. I was actually rolling with Mike Brown, and, and that's kind of – you kind of relate to somebody like that. You know, if you have a coach that's always just telling you what to do and not kind of like showing it or, or doing it on you or anything like that, it's different. But with him, it's like I'm rolling with him twice a week, every single week. So it's kind of like he's also my teammate. When you are there at ATT and then you have these groups, did you get a little bit more motivation out of having these guys watching you spar? Are you guys all working together? Is there a little bit more mo extra motivation out of it all? 
Yeah, 100%. When you got fucking high-level fighters, and really now MMA guys are celebrities. So when you got all eyes on you, it's a little more oomph in there. You know, you kind of want to go a little bit harder. You're trying to go hard for not just yourself, but your teammates. You know, you're reminded that you're not only representing your last name, but you're representing your teammates. And then you start thinking, holy shit, you're representing your family and your friends. And it's just, it's just awesome to be in there, having people, having your back. You know, when I walk through uh, the halls, everybody's saying what's up to me. I'm a very good teammate. You know, people think I'm a fucking piece of shit, but I'm not a piece of shit all the time. I might be a piece of shit to my fucking enemy. That's the fucking okay. guy in the cage. That's okay. The guy in the cage. The guy in the cage that's trying to fucking beat me and trying to paralyze me, of course I'm going to talk shit to and be a piece of shit to. But when you talk to me when I'm around my fucking teammates or friends or family, I'm obviously a really good guy. So everybody at the gym fucking loves me. Um, but, yeah, it's great when they're uh, watching me spar. Obviously, I'm becoming a little bit more popular and people are kind of saying things to me, saying that they're watching my rise and they're really happy for me because they remember when I first started coming to the gym. So, obviously, there's extra most motivation there, but... I'm just a motivated guy in general. You know, I'm always fucking motivated. That's just who I am. I'm very energetic, passionate, and motivated. Um, I'll be motivated no matter what. Even after this fucking podcast and interview, I'm going to be so motivated because I was like, holy shit, I just talked to two fucking legends. I'm always motivated. <laughs> how, how much How much has your life changed since entering the tournament, having success? I mean, you guys are the main event now in the semifinals. You know, in Mohegan Sun next week. I mean, there's a lot going on. You guys have really carried this, like John was saying. You guys have kind of carried the bantamweight and the shit talking, but in the promotion of it all as well. You know, you've got Bellator pushing you guys because you guys are the talking mouthpieces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has changed a little bit because it's kind of sick right now. I'm living out my dream. It's going according to plan and everything that I really envisioned it to. But it hasn't changed too much. You know, I always say my friends and family are going to care about me regardless. You know, this isn't a stipulation where if I lose, my friends and family aren't going to love me at any little or more. Um, so it's really just kind of how the outside world has treated me. Um, but at the end of the day, I only care about the views of my family and my friends and, and kind of just my goals. You know, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I need to accomplish my goals. I need to become the Bellator Bantamweight champion and become the best fighter in the world at Bantamweight. I need to do that. And that's really all I care about. So if my life does change where I get a little bit more scratch in my pocket or a little bit more autographs or pictures of friends, that is fucking awesome. I fucking love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm always great to people that are asking for pictures. But at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. I just care about accomplishing my goals and being good to my family and my friends and having a fucking fun-ass time. You're coming up on fight week now. And uh, it. how do you start dialing it down right now? And then how does your fight week turn out? Yeah, it's honestly, it's hard to dial it down. Um, right now, I'm just becoming so antsy because we're finally here. You know, I do a good time, a good job of calming down, especially in my fights, especially right before the fights. I got a cool, calm, collected mind. But right now, it's kind of just in this zone of, holy shit, we're here, but we're not exactly here. So it's kind of hard to not go through every type of scenario that can happen in the fight, not go back and watch more of his fights. You know, right now, the hay is kind of in the barn already. You know, the, the fight is already going to be won or lost. There's not really too much you can do. Obviously, it's MMA and something can be crazy and you could throw a spinning back fist and end it. But right now, I think it's it's already decided. The MMA gods have already decided who's going to win this fight. And it's obviously going to be me because I'm so much better everywhere than this motherfucker. Um, but yeah, right now, I just kind of go through everything with fight week. Uh, I stay mentally sharp. I shun out everything else. You know, I don't even entertain any other bullshit. You know, I don't really go out too much. I kind of like being a caged animal before I go out there in the actual fucking cage. Uh, but that's just kind of who I am. I'm old school about all that shit. 
Um, I kind of just stay mentally sharp and just make sure that I'm ready to fucking go and feeling good. Two part question. When it comes to five rounds, the whole tournament has been five rounds. You had the five round fight against, uh, Higo. Do you think that benefits you since you are a cardio monster? You're a guy that's got that fast pace and you can maintain it for a long time. And second off, is this the first time you've been the main event in a, a big fight? Because what is it going to be like with all the media things and everything that they're going to ask you now to do that you didn't have to do before? Yeah, the five-round fights is just absolutely beautiful for me. That is tailor-made for my style. Um, I think my best attribute isn't wrestling or grappling. It's actually conditioning. You know, I got a crazy-ass gas tank. And it's just reassuring and comforting knowing even if I am – somehow down two rounds in the books, I could come back and easily win these next three rounds because I'm going to have the gas tank to just keep pressuring forward. You know, obviously with these five rounds in 25 minutes, that's a lot of fucking time to break a guy. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. The fight might be close the first couple rounds. I don't really know. Uh, I, I hope not. I kind of see it. Maybe it's not, but maybe it is. Who knows? It's chaos in there. But uh, I do see myself breaking everybody if it's a five-round fight. Just because nobody can keep up with that pace. You know, you can have all your skills, but what people don't understand is once you're tired, all your skills and your muscle memory and everything goes out the window. Your reaction time is terrible. And you have these crazy little thoughts in your mind. You know, you don't really realize it, but your subconscious is saying, holy shit, dude, like I might be in over my head. Whether you want yourself to know that or you're telling yourself that, that's actually what's going through your mind when you're dog tired in there and you got blood pumping and it's spewing out of you. You're sweaty as fuck, and you have an absolute motherfucking animal in your face still talking to you. It's a lot to fucking come by. Um, and again, I think these five rounds are just going to be absolutely terrific with me. With this being a main event, I fucking love it. I want to get this fight as big as possible. I think I'm somebody that shines brightest under the pressure and under all this adversity and everything under the spotlight. You want to give me a spotlight, make it even brighter, you're going to get the best Danny Sabatello. And I also think a lot of people shy away from the pressure and the spotlight. I think Rafael Stas is one of those people. Um, I think once we do get in there, he's going to feel the lights are a little bit brighter. His legs and his arms are going to be a little bit heavier. You know, obviously I have plotting with my trash talk and my mental warfare. And part of it is having him want to fucking kill me. And I know Rafael Stas does want to do that right now. If you go back and you look at his other interviews and his other fights, he might talk a little trash here and there, but not what he's doing with me. You know, when you fight me, you have to go about it a little bit differently. You have to talk trash a certain way. So anytime I have these guys fighting me, I change them. I change their whole fucking careers. You know, people keep saying, holy shit, Danny Sabatello and Rafael Stotts came out of nowhere. No motherfuckers. Rafael Stotts is 33 or 34 years old. He's been in this business. He's nothing new. He's nothing crazy. I came out of nowhere. Oh, man. You're fucking cracking me up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the the last thing I'm going to ask you uh, from my side is, how are you going to get this thing done? Yeah, I think fourth round TKO. You know, I do want to show off my hands. I do want to show off my grappling. You know, at the end of the day, I absolutely love fighting. So if I were to go in there and have all this hype behind the fight and I get a first round finish, obviously I'm going to be fucking happy. You know, I just won. Anytime you win, you have to be happy. Anytime you finish someone, you have to be happy. But I actually do want a fucking war in there. I do want to torture him and drag him into deep waters, as everybody keeps saying. Um, and and I just want to fight. You know, I, I I do this shit because I absolutely love fighting. I love the combat behind it. I love the mano y mano. 
one-on-one -on -one inside of a fucking cage in front of your friends and family. Let's see what the fuck you got. Let's see what you got if you get sliced open or in a guillotine or an armbar or something like that. That's how you really learn who somebody is. And I just want my war with Rafian Stas, so I'm hoping he can survive past the first three rounds. I want to taste championship rounds. And then that fourth round, that's when I want to get it done. I want to be too much pressure for him, too much torture for him, slicing him up, too many submission attempts. And eventually, he'll either tap or I'll TKO him. Well, Danny Sabatella, I want to tell you thank you so much for the time. You were awesome. I cannot wait to watch this fight. This is going to be a barn burner. Both of you are outstanding fighters at I don't think anyone talks as well as you do. <laughs> you guys are great, you, have, man. you are awesome. So uh, thank you very much for the time, and best of luck, my friend. Well, I want to thank Danny Sabatello for coming on with us. The guy is a classic. Every time that I talk to that guy, he is funny as hell. Josh, I know that you just absolutely enjoy him. Every time you just sit there and crack up, and then we talk about it for how long afterwards. Yeah, just you want someone who's real. That's exactly who he is. He's not changing who he is. Those that those that type of trash talking to me is authentic. It's when it's forced. It's when it's pushed. That's who he is. Everybody you've talked to, that's that's the way he is around the gym. But he does it more in a respectful way because those are his teammates and his training partners. But he still talks that way no matter what. We see him at the the fight week. And he's just ripping it up. Doesn't matter who it is or what. Nobody's safe around him. And those are the kind of people you want to be around. They're real. I don't know if I want to go into a bar with him because he might pick a fight. But I will definitely, <laughs> definitely like being around him because you know what you get is what you get. And that's what you like. That is absolutely the truth. Plus, he can fucking fight. I yes, he fight. can. He can fight his ass off. Yeah. All right. We were able to talk to Danny Sabatello. That was a great interview. But we got to get the second half of this main event in and we have Rafian Stotts waiting for us right now the man that took the interim title and is the guy who is looking to carry on with that title throughout this world grand prix let's get it on with Rafian Stotts that's right we are lucky enough to have the man the myth the legend Rafian Super Stotts the interim champion of the bantamweight division going into the semifinals against a guy that he absolutely loves in Danny Sabatello has told him that how lucky that he was that he won his fight because he earned himself an ass whipping. My man, what is up? You got the greatest hair in MMA. I love your hair, dude. Appreciate you, man. You I would look so goddamn perfect. good with that. <laughs> you would look amazing. See? Bro, grow your shit out. Grow it out, bro. <laughs> Do <happening>. it. Uh, <laughs> God, God save us. Yeah. God help us. Please don't grow that shit out. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, we need Please to see don't. it, bro. The world needs to see that. No, Superstar no, going no, on. no. The world does not need to see that. We can see an it on you. An old man with gray dreads. <laughs> no. yeah, I ain't trying to move, see man. it. By the I time they got that link, they would. my hair would definitely be gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, For shit. Sure. So how you feeling, baby? How's everything going? How is the training? It is getting close. December 9th is almost upon us. It's about a week away here now. How you feeling? Man, I'm I'm feeling amazing, man. You know, I'm almost feeling too amazing. You know, I feel like every camp, like something goes wrong. And uh, and right now, everything's going according to plan, you know. Um, and yeah, it's going great. You know, uh, I feel like I'm, my weight is good. My shape is good. I'm hitting numbers I want to hit. You know, I got my technique dialed in. Um, you know, uh, we got a good game plan going in, you know. So, 
yeah, I'm excited, man. I just can't wait. This this is the point where, man, I wish the fight was tomorrow, you know, uh, which I've been saying this about this guy for a while. You know, I can't wait to put my hands on this guy. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just ready to go. We had talked about having you guys both on together, and, and Danny just straight up just said, I'm tired of him. Said riding. no, like a little bitch. That <laughs> motherfucker. He don't want to see me. He no, don't want to see me, and bro. he don't have to see me. Danny what? said very he said very he's like look man I'm tired of that fool riding on my coattails man I gotta <laughs> yeah, I gotta he, carry him around mad. every interview <laughs> I gotta let everybody know the only reason, the only reason people know Stotts' name because of me and I, I because that's exactly that's, that's you, know, you know why because I'm bitter at trash talking he hate it man he hate that people love me so much he hate that people hate him so much he tries so hard too which was funny we went to uh, Chicago for his uh, for for our little media interaction or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was so funny to me that the people in Chicago. He even tried like like complimenting the people in Chicago, like "Oh, these beautiful people here in Chicago. I'm gonna carve this guy's face up." And everybody was like, and I said, it "Was like, hey man, who want me to fuck him up?" And everybody was like, ah, and that's from Chicago. So like, don't nobody fuck with you in Chicago. Don't nobody <laughs> fuck you anywhere, bro. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, oh man. man i can't wait rafi like you have come into bellator and you lit it on fire because you start off yeah that was a i think you got a unanimous decision the first one and that it's tough yeah. to come into a new a new uh promotion and fight there's a lot of pressure on you but from that yeah. point you have been lighting it up you had the fantastic fight against magomed magomedov and then you took on one archuleta in hawaii you had the dy- dynamic I, I don't know if I can call it a kick or knee or whatever, yeah. but it wasn't a dynamic backflip. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was still, hey, don't worry about that. We're still don't talking about, about the backflip, man. <laughs> you ain't never gonna live that one down. I'm never gonna live it down. We're gonna set I'm that, gonna that backflip to the side. I can do a hundred backflips and Josh still. Gonna I, be I am gonna give you the opportunity to 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 have your moment of backflip redemption. Yeah, yes. I need it. Okay, I need it. Please, we're, we're good. We're gonna Josh give don't want to give it to me. Josh <laughs> don't want to give it to me. If you I win the you, if you win the World Grand Prix after you win that million dollars, you do whatever many backflips you fucking want. <laughs> but don't go fucking it all up right now by knucklehead <laughs> shit. See, I, right see, I see those guys do those backflips off the cage or see, off right the, there. The, Josh, Josh no, right now no. is he's 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 trying to protect you because he's afraid. <laughs> and what he's telling you, Rafion, is. He, he pretty much he don't believe in exactly. He does not believe <laughs> yeah. that you can complete that backflip really and you're back gonna flip. get hurt. Yeah, complete as many that as you want. Want to do it even more? Complete as many <laughs> as you want with a million dollars in your bank. Complete as many as you want that with a million does, dollars in your that bank. That does okay? sound. That sounds nicer. It sounds nicer. But we in the the, the sport of mixed martial arts. You know what I'm saying? We gotta take yeah. risks. Dude, let's, you gotta let's go be, big to win big. Let's be honest. Let's let look. Let's be honest. You're not gonna win a million dollars. You're not gonna win. You you're gonna win. You're not gonna win a million dollars. Your wife's gonna win a million dollars. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. No, 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 for sure. That's that's a hundred percent. Actually, my wife is like pretty frugal, but my family, my family will win a million dollars. <laughs> my, uh, I got a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of miles to feed here. here no, 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 no. Uh, you got kids. Yeah, you got, your your kids are absolutely oh, they, adorable too. No oh, man, they so, got little chubs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little chubs, <laughs> little chubs. Yeah, especially the little baby now. Like Clarence is, he's. I feel like he's an atypical, you know, oldest. You know, where he tries to please you and he's like nice. 
this little baby, uh, the youngest <laughs> one, is a menace, bro. He just oh, he's he, a menace. He he's a little menace. He's like pushing kids off of the couch, and we like we're I, trying to, you know. Tell I them, told you not to let Josh near him. Now, see what yeah, happens. Justin screwed him up, bro. Thank Stop. you. Justin screwed him up. This little baby <laughs> is getting in fights. He probably in a gang at the daycare. And shit. <laughs> this little baby. Uh, he probably gonna run around here. He somewhere. probably, but I love him, man. I can just I see, you, I can just see your little baby man running around daycare, showing his taco meat, just bro, tell, telling he all he the got ladies. His belly out. Hey, uh, he out there. He's telling <laughs> he all the ladies, come there. feel my taco come meat. Feel ladies. Come feel my taco <laughs> meat. Come feel this. Come on. Little catchy cool, man. Yeah, oh, but I love shit. him. I love these kids, man. Um, and it's it's actually you know a blessing that I'm able to um like do my camp here in Houston just because I can I can see my family because that does like really. It kind of takes a toll on you, you know, going out and, uh, you know, doing your camp elsewhere. You know, you miss I'm missing out on like the formative, formative years of my kids, you know, and that like that that don't feel good to me. Well, let, let's yeah. let's talk about it because a lot of it, it it is not an easy thing, and most people don't realize fighters change when they have kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of me, sure. the mental aspect. Everything changes. Everything's not yeah. about you, and so yeah. how it has having kids. It seems to me for you. It's worked. You yeah, you, for, you see more discipline, more focused on everything you're doing. Yeah. Not that you weren't doing, you were fighting well before, but you're, yeah. you, you're at a different no. level now. No, for sure. In my, uh, like, motivations have changed kind of, you know, uh, as I've grown into an adult. You know, I don't want the same things that I wanted when I was younger. Um, and my children, my family uh, are big motivators for me, uh, huge motivators for me. And I take every I don't take for granted, you know, um, what I'm like able to do and what I'm sac- sacrificing. Like I'm sacrificing. So the other day, like um, I'm shadow boxing in the garage, you know what I mean? But this is at night. You know, it's a Friday night, you know, a time where we can go and play. So um, I'm shadow boxing, you know, getting in a state of mind of fighting somebody um but my my kids are here you know and so they want to play with me you know so i was like okay you just come in and play like kind of while i work out but it's like okay you can only play with me during the off time which is like 30 seconds around like i'm shadow back uh shadow boxing and hitting the bag for five minutes and then i got 30 seconds to play with you like like that kind of hurt you know it's yeah. like no nah, i can't play with you right now like i gotta focus on this uh for you but it's also like a sacrifice for you and you don't really deserve that you know so that stuff that it it, lit a, it lights a fire in my you know what i mean uh belly that um like you know i gotta do this stuff i'm doing this stuff for them but also like uh, they're sacrificing uh for me to do this for them so um you know i, I gotta you know take out the people in front of me just the way it is when you look at Danny Sabatello and you look across the other side of the bracket with Patchy Mix, you know, and Magomed Magomedov, who you've already got a win over, do you see any of these guys in that competition? Through even if it, even if you weren't matched up against Danny, it was going to be Patchy, and you've already fought Magomed. Do you see any of these guys beating you? You know, um, I have to put myself in a position where uh, everybody is capable of beating me, you know. Um, But at the same time, I'm not going to let any of these guys beat me. Um, Skill-wise, skill-wise, I'm better than all these guys. Athletically-wise, I'm better than all these guys. Um, I even think, like, I'm more headstrong um, than a lot of these guys. Um, But I can't allow myself to – like overlook anybody in this tournament because everybody in this tournament is here for a reason and they want the same thing, if not more than I want. So, uh, 
you know, I, I don't believe anybody is, you know, capable of beating me if I'm in my at my best and and dialed in and present in the moment. Um, so yeah. But you you went from Duke Rivers' gym in Milwaukee. Then you were you moved to Houston, yep. yeah. But then you were kind of still going back to Duke Rivers's. Then there was chances you were in Pettis were going to fight. So then you started going to extreme yep. couture's. Yeah, you, you've bounced around quite a bit recently since yeah. the tournament started. Yeah. yeah, have you know has anything changed in your performances? You feel like what's gotten better and what you feel like is maybe potentially lacking. So I feel like I was at Rufus Sport for a very long time that I have like just kind of a foundation, uh, a base of skills that that's not really going to leave. Um, you know, I stay, I stay sharp on them, you know, and I also contact uh, Duke Rufus and Scott Cushman, you know, and we go over stuff like all the time too. Like there's no like bad blood between um, me and Rufus yeah. Board or any of the gyms I've been at. So I, I was just actually in Chicago. We hung out. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, so like I got a good base from um, Rufus Sport, but I found actually like uh, at the end, tail end of when I was at Rufus Sport, uh, I went out with Corey Sanhagen and trained with him um, in Colorado. Um, I'm at the point where I'm able to like pick up other skills from other people and pick pick out things that work and uh, fit inside my game that I can like work on and improve on. And um, I'm liking I'm liking that right now, you know. Um, of course, I always got to, you know, stick to the, the, the stuff that works. And, you know, I always got tools in my pocket that that I've built, you know, over the years at River Sport. But um, I feel like now in this this phase of my career, I'm um, I'm able to like, yeah, kind of just pick pick out things from some from other coaches. Like I'm working with Eve Edwards now. And um, fuck that motherfucker. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> Man, we don't bring Please, that guy's name up on this. Hey. We don't talk. I'm gonna have Dave bleep that name out. I'm gonna bleep that name out of this podcast. I'm working with Beep Beep uh, now. Beep, beep. But, uh, I no, love that I'm, guy, man. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, by the way. he's a he's great a great guy. dude, man. He's and he's, all you know, all he says me. is take that damn spinning back fist. And yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a fantastic. I mean, he don't bring it up, never. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, you better not tell uh, him you're on this show, bro. He, he'll be he'll be posting that highlight reel like, what? all oh, week. You was wearing all week, all week. Like, let me see when they yeah. were uh, talking about me. Um, he's a good but yeah, guy. So I'm working with, with him. Um, Eric Nixick also came out to uh, Houston. You know what I mean? And he's helping with get me get with game plan and 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 staying accountable. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it, which is cool. You know, to have like outside eyes. You know, yeah. telling me things that. Yeah. That I I need to you know keep sharp and keep doing or or do more of so um, yeah I I feel like I'm getting better you know um, I, I've always been a person that accepts knowledge and like um, just like learns well like uh, with people so um, I'm I'm learning something from everywhere I go so um, yeah I, I I feel like I'm I'm better than I was you know I feel like I'm always improving um, yeah. How did your training go with Corey Sanhagen? Um, my training went good with Corey. Uh, me and Corey, I, I like Corey a lot, you know. Uh, me and him had some, like, uh, tough rounds. We grappled. You know, I found out he was a better grappler than I uh, thought he was from the outside. Um, he showed me some things uh, striking-wise. Um, I showed him some things. Or, you know, we just kind of, like, um, uh, bounced off each other, like, ideas and things. Yeah. Like, okay, when I was sparring you, this is what I was looking for. And this was what worked well for me, you know, which was, it's, 
it was amazing, you know. Um, like on my first, my first, uh, uh, like view of you. This is what I thought, you know. This is what I was looking for. Um, and and I feel like that type of stuff is like good, you know. Cross training with with somebody, you know, at a very high level, um, that you you wouldn't normally get to train with, and yeah. got two different like ideas on martial arts, uh, and like ways to go about it, you know. So um, it it was it was amazing. I like. And actually, I've trained with me and me and Corey. Like, uh, I think we've trained together like three or had three different occasions where we've. Uh, I, I think I went out there to his place two times. He came to my house uh, one time or at last camp. Um, he didn't come out for this Danny fight because Danny sucks, you know. So um, I was like, just enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your time, you know. Uh, off. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna train again probably after this. Yeah. Let, let's 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 talk about this Danny fight because if there's one thing that both of you have talent, but you guys have yeah. brought this fight to a different level based upon your talk. Because I thought when you walked into the cage when he won his fight against Leandro Higo and you walked in yeah. that cage, you both were just fantastic. You did yeah. exactly ah. what people want to yep. see here to get excited about a fight. You guys sold that. Then you came back and you had your little bit with in Chicago and stuff like that. But you guys actually, you may not like each other, but you bounce yeah. off of each other very well. Yeah, I, I said it before. You know, uh, Superman needs a goddamn uh, arch nemesis, like. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, Batman need a Joker, you know, uh, and his sorry ass got to be my goddamn uh, Joker. No, I appreciate like I it was one. I seen an interview the other day where uh, somebody was like, what's your favorite meal? He was like, stocks the bitch. What's your uh, favorite show? Stocks the bitch. Like some of the shit is like funny to me. Like I can't help but laugh, you know, um, I, I, I definitely think he doesn't like that. I get the better of like exchanges, you know, face to face, but he probably probably say the same thing. Um, about me, he probably think he got the better of exchanges. So he said, yeah, you're, I, "He said you're I, using I a Disney good. character now, as as yeah. as him. What character are you using?" Yeah, it was Sid. Sid the sloth, <laughs> the like sloth Sid from, from Ice Age. Yeah. Sid the the sloth Ice from Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> Daniela looked like Sid the sloth. He also looked like Mib Worm. What else I had? Oh, he was he looked like the fucking villain off of. Uh, Incredibles, uh, with the hair spiked up, just blind. Uh, oh, Incredible Boy or whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, you got them Buzz Lightyear chin. Just a bunch, you know. It's just a, a bunch of, you know, things that I can say about this guy. Big overbite, you know, Disney voice, all type of shit. No, nah, so I'm having a blast. But he he say some good shit too. He say fuck you. He say stop the bitch. He say uh, he's he sucks and I'm good. You know. Um, I think his vocabulary is limited, but you know what I'm saying? Well, it's good shit. I was flipping through at the end of the night and, uh, you know, he's on the East coast. So he posted it probably a little bit earlier. And then I saw, he's like, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. He's like, <laughs> and at the very end, he's like, except stop that motherfucker. <laughs> fuck you. He sucks. Like, fuck stop. Well, I just like, want to say stop. fuck stop before yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, yeah. I was just reading it. I just started fucking cracking up. See, but like, yeah, and all that shit too. All that shit too. I'm just putting in my pocket. But doesn't that put in my pocket? That that tells you. Fight. But that tells you you're in his head. He's thinking about you. 
No, he definitely, he definitely thinking about me. He definitely think. I mean, he said it one time. He's like, when I go to sleep at night, I think about Stott. He probably love me. He probably gonna love me by the end of this goddamn uh, fight. <laughs> After I beat him up, he gonna love me like a daddy. But yeah. When you look at what he brings to the table, though, I mean, you're, like you've said yeah. publicly, you've said it to him as well, is that all you are is a wrestler, and you feel like you're mm -hmm. the better wrestler. He's got good cardio. Yep. He will push the action. Do you feel mm -hmm. you feel threatened at all anywhere else? You know, outside of just not being able to step the takedowns. Um, no, I don't feel. The, 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 yeah, his two biggest threats are his cardio, um, and his wrestling. And even if even if he is better than me in those two things, he's not going to be able to get me out of there. And I feel like I'm gonna be able to you know dominate him in any mm -hmm. any other area of the fight. You know, um, and that's given. That's a big if, like. You got to be really good to be better than me in wrestling. Like you got to be like Olympic level wrestler. Um, I've 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 wrestled, you know, with D one level athletes. I've wrestled with world champion athletes. I've wrestled. Uh, so I know where my wrestling stands, you know. Um, and at the at the end of it's a it's fighting, bro. So you got to be able to wrestle while I'm punching at you, kicking at you, kneeing at you, and then okay, you get me down. Now what? You gonna be able? To, you I damn you ain't nobody in the world gonna be able to hold me down for uh five rounds. Nobody in the world, up up until like one one eighty, you gotta weigh like one eighty stepping in there to fucking hold me down. Uh, and I, that's a promise. Uh, <laughs> can't nobody hold me down. But um, yeah. So you know, even if you take me down, you take me down once or twice, maybe. Um, you got a whole other different set of problems, you know. I'm no slouch off my back. I know how to move. I know how to create space. Um, yeah. So I just don't see it ending well. We were talking to the bully Bilal Muhammad, who was talking about working out with you and how heavy you were, how strong you were. That you have to. You felt like you were a 180 pound fighter to him, bro. And I. I don't want to give a, actually I don't give a damn what the, if he know my game plan or not. If I take him down, I guarantee you he's not gonna get up. And if he gets up, he's not gonna have the uh the same stamina. And, and that's another thing about this fight. Like, okay, you got good cardio, right? You have good cardio when you're able to get to your good positions. When you're able to control from the back and hang on somebody's back, when you're able to hang on in somebody's guard, then you have good cardio. Shit, I got good cardio if I can fucking just hang out in stuff I'm comfortable in. What happens when you are not comfortable when you're not comfortable. What, what happens when I'm controlling the treadmill when you're running? What happens then? Then I, now we're gonna when see, when now we gonna see what your cardio I, is. I, I fall off the treadmill. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's one of the you know the, my game plan of the fight. Like I'm very good at dictating where the fight goes. Like what happens when I dictate a position that you don't really want to be in for majority of the fight. I'm gonna bet that you you ain't willing to do or or go to the lengths I'm willing to go to uh, yeah. mentally in those positions. So yeah, everyone's yeah. got good cardio when they're the hammer, not the nail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Magomed has seen that. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing, bro. You thought you was gonna be able to get to my back. You thought you was gonna be able to, you know, ragdoll me around. When you're not, that's a different type of fight for people, and people not ready for that mentally. You know, uh, especially being at a big gym like ATT. You're not put in positions that, uh, or, or you're not putting yourself in positions where you need to be the fucking nail a lot because you're just trying to win rounds. You know, you're trying to, you know, uh, prove yourself to these other great fighters. You know, so you only do your a, a game stuff. And I know this for a fact. I've been at big gyms. I see how people train. 
So, um, you know, I, yeah, that's just how So you're, you're looking at it like because he's at a big gym, that he's always just trying to win the round. He's not trying to actually dominate, you get can, the submissions, get the finish, because he don't want to jeopardize losing position. You can tell by the way he fights. If, if you, you can't tell me if Danny Sabatello had the capabilities to finish any of those fights, he wouldn't go and finish. Who the fuck do that? Don't nobody do that. If you have the capability to do something, you're going to do it. Don't say, oh, man, I just want to be in there for five rounds. I want to fuck. I want him to hurt. Like, like, come on, man. Let's be real. You know, we don't get paid by the hour. You want you that you did what you did because that's what you can do. You don't strike with people because that's what you can't. You know what I mean? You can't do it. Like, and it, it, I'm not saying it's because you're at a big gym. I'm saying because the person you are, you don't have the humility. You don't have the uh the mental wherewithal to to know that this is what I need to work on for me for my career to progress. So that's well. Let, let, let's look and talk about you. There. Both come from a wrestling background, and so he's believing that his wrestling is better yep. than yours. You're believing that his your wrestling is better than his. So really, what it comes down to could could the wrestling basically cancel each other out? Now it becomes the stand up fight. Where is it in his stand up that you think you can take? advantage of what he does don't say everywhere I mean, look don't say everywhere he, yeah everywhere oh, or, i mean okay so his jab he throws his jab with his elbow out he has terrible mechanics in his in the, the way he throws his jab it, the way he moves his feet is not effective in striking i mean i see all this stuff like i'm watching this fight and that's another thing like i'm studying you know like my base at Rufus Sport, people they they taught me like IQ. Like I, I can see these things. I can see you know uh, where people make mistakes, where people you know uh, excel, and um, where where he excels is getting somebody to think he's um, striking, and then he's changing levels as they're closing distance with him, and he's he's shooting from a super far you know uh, ways away against people who don't have uh, wrestling reactions. You know what I mean? So. They don't know how to, you know, uh, block with the hands, down block, you know, things like that. You know, things like I don't have to wrestle. I don't have to wrestle with you. You know, I, I can stop you before you even get to my hips. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So just just technically, there's a lot of things that he does bad technically that he's he gets away with because he relies on his wrestling. You seem a little bit since the last time we've talked to you about Danny and when I had you in Chicago at the desk, we talked a little bit. You seem a little bit more on edge. Is it because we're getting closer to the fight? Yeah, because we get closer and the closer I get to I'm closer to I get to the fight, the 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 more bad things I got in my head to do, you know. So uh I think my demeanor changes a little bit, you know. Um it's especially with this matchup. Like, yeah, I'm going down, I'm gonna hurt you, bro. I'm going to hurt you, and I'm, you may take me down. You may not. You better be ready to, to to not take me down because I'm ready for both, and I'm ready to hurt you wherever the fight goes. This is your first fight in Bellator where you are the main event. There's a lot that goes with that. There's added pressure of being the main event. You are the champion now. You're defending that belt, and it, it's all the media and everything that goes with it. How does that? How do you? How do you separate all that and keep yourself focused? On Danny, I, I feel like it's easy because I don't like Danny, so it's easy for me to focus on that fact. Do you really not like, like him? When you, you say really like, not, oh, do you, you really don't... not like him? Do you really not like him? Or is no, it just... I, I, I really, 
I really don't like the way he carries himself. I really don't. I I don't. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know. Um, I appreciate, you know, the like the back and forth, you know. I like I appreciate it, but I don't like I don't like Danny as a person. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, the, the, yeah, the way he carries himself, I don't like it. And I've been that's like even before we was gonna fight, you know, I've seen him the way he talks about, you know, people, uh other people, I, I just don't like it. So you know, we I'll get to settle it, settle our differences. Uh, so now, on the on the mouth. other side, on the other side of the bracket, you've got a guy that you fought in Magomed Magomedov. So you've already got one fight against him, a victory against him, and you have somebody that you kind of trained with a little bit in Patrick Mix yeah. at Extreme Couture for a little bit. Who is it that you yeah. you would rather face in the finals? You know, I. I feel like Magomed would be a tougher fight because he knows how good I am and he knows he has to train more and he has to, you know, uh, I feel like he would be more reserved. Uh, you know, I, I thought he thought, I think he think he thought he was going to run me over last time. And when that didn't happen, you know, that kind of rattled him. Uh, Patchy Mix, though, I feel like he has a better chance to win this fight just off of his uh, previous, like, performances. Like, the things that I feel like he uh, suffered at, um, you know, even with the, the loss to Juan or Toledo, I feel like he's improved upon. And, you know, he, pro- he proved me wrong in that Korogucci fight. I didn't see him winning that fight at all. And um, with, like, Magomed, if, if if Magomed, you know, lets him get to his back, that's not a guy that, you know, you, you want to be there. Mag- Magomed is savvy there, but um, I feel like Patchy is super dangerous uh, there um, um, in any grappling situation. Yeah, so I think Patchy will win that fight just because you know, um, I mean, he could, he could just because if if you don't if sound too sure, to get to his back, you don't sound too sure. I, it's a t- I, I, so I was it's saying Magomed, I was saying Magomed, yeah, it is a toss up. It's I was saying Magomed for the longest, and then now I'm like, kind of what's the name? Thinking Patchy, I don't really know, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just talking. I don't know. <laughs> Pat, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, they, they both have their uh, – both are, are grappling based and very unique styles to both. And when mm-hmm. Bo, when when Patchy does what he does, look at, look at him against Horiguchi. He was fantastic. And Magomed, yeah. look at him against Barzola. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was amazing. So yeah. It's, uh, it, I understand why you're like, eh, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this yeah, way. You know? Just yeah, say, I don't true. know. I don't know. That's what I should have said. I don't have no idea. I don't know. I have no clue. Doesn't matter. Idea, no. Got yeah. my own have fight. You, I don't have to worry about that. Have you thought far enough ahead? Is this has this been in the back of your mind that you are the interim champ? If you finish out, you'll be the world grand prix champion. That mm-hmm. you're gonna have to fight your teammate to unify these titles. Is yeah, that in your way, mind? It, that's way, way in there? the back. It's in there somewhere. But, but it's still there, though, right? Yeah, it's there, but I ain't trying to think about it right now. It's in the back there, though. I, I thought about it, you know. Um, do you guys yeah, talk? Try- do, you guys, do you guys talk? Do you guys keep in touch and kind of kick we, it around? And- like, we, what's the name? We, you know what I'm saying? We hit each other up on Instagram a little bit. Um, we play I mean, you, you Fortnite. Let, you let them know? Rare, you- where we get, be on Fortnite at, uh, at the same time. Um, but, um. You let yeah, him know he's gonna have to face. He's gonna have to face the taco meat, right? You gonna let him know. I, you gotta yeah, face the taco yeah, I think I, I think he knows, man. I think he knows. You know, it's funny. Like when we were, even when we were training together, like we would say, like, we, like, I, 
our coach got Cushman. Like it was uh, like after I had fought Magomed, I think. Um, I, uh, I think I said I was just like, man, what if I gotta fight this guy that's like Hispanic and he's like, uh, you know what I mean? He's like a younger brother of, of a big, you know, Showtime guy, and you know he's very good on his feet or whatever. You know, uh, and then we all started laughing, but it was like an awkward laugh, like, damn, we probably is. That shit probably gonna happen. <laughs> so oh, it's sad. just kind of be like, it's it's kind of, yeah, it's a sticky situation. It ain't really sticky, you know, but it's just like, yeah, it's crazy. Is the separation of the, you leaving the, like, you're not leaving the gym, but you're yeah. not being at the gym yeah. now. Has that yeah. made it, make it a little, a little easier? Bit, a little easier? Yeah, that makes it, that definitely More. makes it a little easier to, uh, like wrap my head around. Like I haven't spent, I haven't practiced with him in uh, about a year, so like that makes it easier, you know, to like wrap my head around it. Um, yeah, and I didn't move Richard Sport because of that. I moved, I moved because you know I had a second child and I'm from Houston and I was gonna be closer to my family and stuff. Yeah, but don't so, you just look at like it's yeah. business and in business. Yeah, if, if, and, if I if I can do something that's gonna make Josh a lot of money. I won't do it. Yeah. Of course I would do it because he, that's, that's my brother. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And it's just business. And that's, and that's, that's when I, uh, like, like thought about it, you know, um, I think about like, yeah, I love Sergio. Sergio's my boy. That's but it. at the same time, I love my family. Um, a little I bit more, you know, I'm not, yeah, I love my family more, you know, it's not fair for me or it's not fair to them for me to, you know, not take this fight with, uh, Sergio, you know, and, you know, uh, not give them the opportunity to reap the benefits of that, you know. So got it. Um, at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, we're gonna be cool afterwards. You know, we're gonna beat the shit. We beat shit out of each other a lot. So you know, what I'm saying it ain't gonna be no different. So back to the Danny Sabatello fight. How does yeah. this fight end in your mind? Man, you know what? I was thinking about the other day. I might just TKO him and then wave oh. the ref off. Like what's it? Say, what's it? What, I, I I never understand this. How can someone sit there? You understand what a TKO is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, see, like punch him no, no, no. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, no. he got that. Oh, look. He does. That's, he does. That's, that's a fighter look right <laughs> there. Like, no, no, no. I, guess, yeah, I hear it all the time. I'm on the spot yeah, now. See? I don't mean to put you on the spot, brother. Look, at, why? Yeah, why? Put me on the spot. You, you want to KO? What's what? What is the difference between in MMA? So What's this the okay no it I do want a TKO. TKO this is why I'm this okay, is why let's I, want, I want a TKO because I want to beat the shit out of him to the point where the ref is like coming and then I can wave him off like no nah, he good he good I'm gonna help him up so the ref can give stand him time. back and I can beat the shit out of him some more then I can knock him out yeah I want to yeah I want him to eat I want him to eat a lot of damage you know before the so ref you like want to torture you want to torture him and try to stop me. You you want to torture yeah, him but, into that TKO finish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> all right. I got it. Yeah, I got it. That makes sense. So it was a TKO. Would, I want to knock him out. I want to knock him out cold. Maybe the second time. Maybe the second time after I had my field of damage, then I can knock him out cold. But uh, <laughs> I want to like hurt him. I want to hurt him bad. <laughs> Such. Such you, when you start moving your hands, <laughs> you remind me a little bit of like Eddie Murphy when he would do some of his comedy <laughs> stuff. It just, just <laughs> <laughs> it just so, it just come, it comes out naturally. Shut up. <laughs> it do come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it do. I okay. can't help it. Oh man, yeah. um, 
Yeah, you're John's taking John took my last question for me, man. I wanted to know how you thought it was going to end, but it's it's coming up on fight week. I talked to Danny about yeah. it. He just said, "Look, everything pretty much stays the same. Stay focused. He's surrounded by the people that he's surrounded by." Like mm-hmm. you seem during the week when we see you, you you seem pretty lighthearted. Like, you know, filming yeah. videos of of other guys in the elevators, talking shit to them, still doing that stuff. Yeah. You've got these guys yeah. that are going to be around. You've got Marga, man. He probably don't he probably don't understand what you're saying. And he yeah. don't care. He's just that guy, yeah. you know? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got Patchy. He'll be around, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know if Sergio's coming out for this or not, but, um, oh, cool. you know, but then being around, like, during that week, what what what's different for you in that week of fight? Or do you just stay um, so, even kill and still just having fun? So my, my fight week is probably the easiest week I got. Um, I'm just, like, actively recovering, you know, like, vibing out, you know, um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill, you know, I'm spending a lot of long time, you know, getting into the headspace of a fight, but I'm, I'm chilling until, you know, it's time to work, uh, do my little workouts, you know, actively recover. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty chill. I'm, I'm pretty chill. What's the last thing you want to tell everybody that's listening right now about this fight? Listen to me. I'm going to beat the shit out of this dude, Danny Sabatello. <laughs> And I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait. All right, man. Well, hey, man. Good luck. Best of luck. And we're going to see you next week. I mean, I landed like 8 or 9 in the morning. I go straight to the fighter interviews. Y'all get in there Monday? Again, right away. Yeah, I get in on yeah. Wednesday morning. Early. Man, yeah, I'm doing a lot anyway, of that so. stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah you, you're yes, going to be busy you when you land. Once you land, you're going to be busy. You're going to yeah. be tired of us. You got yeah. Yeah, I think you got media day on Tuesday, okay. and you got us. You got more press and media on Wednesday, and you got fighter meetings with us as well. So crazy. Yeah, you you be a busy go. boy. Busy boy. How's your Let's weight? Go. My weight's How's good. Weight? I woke up at one forty eight uh, this morning, which is pretty low. Um, yeah, I just finished eating. I should do a little lighter today or tomorrow. Good job. Um, I usually go. On, I'm usually going to fight week around like uh, one forty nine or one fifty. So I'm a little. Ahead of schedule. Well, we will see you in just a little bit. I want to tell you, Rafion, thanks so much for coming on the show with us. You're always fun. You're always a blast. And you got that smile and love everything that you're doing. Keep it up. I expect more yes, out of you in the year of 2023 also. So good luck, my man. Can't wait to see and you on the 9th. And you better never bring up fucking Eve's Edwards name. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I'll see you next week, brother. See you Just next week. Every time you see Josh, right, do, a sp- do a spinning back fist. Yeah. Every time, every stay, time stay he on, say stay, uh, stay on, stay on. Every, no, every time he say backflip, I'm gonna say even. That's that's. No. <laughs> yeah. Or, first. or just, just go. What, or, hey, just just ask him what's worse, my 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 backflip or your spinning <laughs> back fist? Uh, 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 oh, my fat baby. Oh. Oh. There you hey. go. There you go. Oh, look. That's that's yeah. out of fight shape, Rafael Stas. Right yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, my man. Well, hey, take care, like, brother. What? All right, that was an awesome interview. You got to admit, man, Rafael Stas, he is absolutely. You got Danny Sabatello. He's got his way of talking shit, and Rafael's got his way of talking shit. And they're both fucking classic. I just, they're two of my favorite guys in the world. But I got to admit right now, Rafion's got the cuter babies. 
<laughs> Look, let's just be honest, man. Rafael trying to bite off more than get you trying to pick fights with me over the Eve stuff. Don't bring oh, up that damn dude, Eve's man, name on my podcast. got you now. You talked about his backflip. He's got you now. But, John, you know you've talked about his backflip, too. So, <laughs> I'm trying to save him, man. I'm trying to save him. Save your backflips for save after they himself. give you... After they give you that big, huge check that says $1 million on it, Back save them until want. after that. I'm looking out for you, buddy. That's all I'm doing, bud. It's, it's awesome to have him on. He's fun. He's always great. Taco meat, crazy hair. Just, you know. You I got mean, the best hair in MMA, man. Come on. <laughs> you're, just, you're jealous how you can't have I am. Not. Dude, that, yeah. look, there's certain guys that you can look at dreads on. You go, eh. That yeah. guy, he, he, they look great because just it's part of his personality. It's perfect. Yeah. It is perfect. I'm waiting for him to start threading his taco meat. <laughs> start braiding it up. <laughs> start dreading the uh, taco meat. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> I got Josh Thompson. He's dying. So I got to keep him in this position where he can't talk. This is the best. So for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you.